is Off Script with Trish Glose. Intimate interviews with interesting people. In front of my microphone today is Doug Irvine of Irvine and Roberts Winery in Ashland. Hello. You can say hi now. <laughs> How are you, sir? Fantastic. Okay. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm finding more and more about you every time I visit you at the winery and we chit chat because I can't let you get away without, you know, just at least having like a 15 or 20 minute discussion with you. And I'm learning little things about you every single time I visit. Um, I've had an interesting life. You really have. And so I'm excited that you're here because you're going to share this interesting life with my three podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll make it for them. I'm in now. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to talk a lot about wine and your winery. But first, where are you from? Where were you born? Okay. So I was born down in Southern California in Compton. Yeah. That's right. You were born in Compton. <laughs> Straight out of Compton. <laughs> and so, so uh, in my early childhood, um, lived in Orange County in the Huntington Beach area. Then we moved up to Oregon. Uh, actually, when I was in third grade, went to Griffin Creek Elementary, then went to McLaughlin. I love it. And moved back down to um, Huntington Beach when I started high school. Okay. So why, did you grow up with siblings? Yes. Okay. How many? So I have two older sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly Roberts, okay. the, the, uh, the Roberts side of it, and um, and do I have to count my other sister? Yeah, <laughs> oh, you do. My other sister and the other sister, Tracy, and she okay. lives in um, Temecula. Okay, so you're the baby. I'm the baby. All right. Um, do you know Hillary Kimling from Schoolhouse Brewhouse? How do I know her? It doesn't matter if you. Do. So I mean, it does matter, Hillary. I love you. She's also the baby. On the okay. last podcast that I did with her, we were talking about the baby of the family and how awesome. It is to be the baby of the family. I have met her. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, now, now you know you have something in common with her. Okay. We're the babies of the family. Are you a baby too? Yeah. Oh. So spoiled and know it and not ashamed at all. Um, we're the best looking. We're the funniest of the family. And I think the smartest too. And well, I got abused and beat up by my older siblings mm -hmm. and, and their friends. So mm -hmm. I'll go along with the smartest and the best looking too. Though. Okay, for sure. Yeah, my, my brother abused me for years. So it's in like just would beat me up and like make fun of me. But at the same time, if anyone else, you know, got into a fight with me, he would always have my back. Absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of funny when I was a kid, um, um, my sisters just used to tease the hell out of me uh -huh. and their friends uh -huh. and everybody knows me as Dougie and still Dougie you know all these years later people come in to the tasting room and ask for Dougie well, oh, I love it and everybody looks like what you know who's Dougie and and they still call me Dougie like I'm 10 or 12 uh -huh. years old well getting back to getting the hell beat out of me by all of them <laughs> when I was a kid one day I just finally went nuts and went kung fu on them all and that's yes. the last time they ever messed with me okay how much older are they than you so my sister Kelly is uh four years older mm. and then my um, sister Tracy is two years older yeah that's just classic yeah. for gang up on Dougie oh it's perfect now I call you Dougie sometimes that's all right I, love I call Dougie. you Dougie fresh though Dougie fresh and and um Kind of growing up, um, a nickname was Dougie Skunk. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Should I ask? It's just because I was rotten. Okay. <laughs> you are rotten. So why the move up to Oregon? Why did the family decide to come up to Oregon? As a kid, mm -hmm. or as, as a kid? Okay. Um, my dad just wanted to raise us in. He he came up and visited some friends 
up in the Griffin Creek area, fell in love with it and thought it'd be a nice place to, to raise us um, mm-hmm. in, in Southern Oregon. And um, bought a ranch and, and, and raised us on the ranch. It was my dad who raised us, by the okay. way. Okay. And, and so, although he'd always bring my mom, <laughs> this is part of the interesting story. Okay. So uh, my mom and dad divorced when, um, when I was young, one or a little over a year old. My dad just raised us. And, and, but he'd always bring my mom along wherever we moved, so we'd have her around. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, <laughs> it was crazy, but it was good. But um, he, he just wanted a better lifestyle for okay. his kids, and we moved up on the ranch and learned that that country life. Were you, I think you said you were eight when you moved up here? Yeah. Okay. Um, so he, he moved your mom up here and then moved her back down when you guys moved back down to Southern California? Yes. Wow. That's really nice. Well, that was, that was pretty, you know, my, that was pretty cool of my dad to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. That was really cool. And I think a lot of, you know, when parents get divorced, my parents are divorced. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you're done. You don't want to be even close to that person. So that's pretty so we, commendable. We, um, he bought this ranch off of West Griffin Creek. It's Rolling Hills Farms is what it's called now. A bunch of peach trees that we planted when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But on the top of the ranch was his house. And then he built my mom um, a house down at the bottom of the ranch. And so... So there was some distance. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was... Was it weird to you growing up, though? No, was that it, weird? Seemed, it seemed normal. Right. But I had, a, I had just a... a, a kind of a crazy childhood um, and uh, just a bunch of characters that were involved in in um, in my life mm-hmm. you know good people but everybody's a little well speaking of characters I learned one character legit character that was in your life at a very young age Chuck uh, so my uncle Uncle yes. Chuck. Uncle, yeah, Chuck Norris is is my uncle. Like Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Okay. Chuck Norris. So, and he's related to who in your family? So my mom's sister um, mm-hmm. is an uncle through marriage, but he was like a second father uh, to me as I was growing up. And um, and even afterwards, um, after college and when I started developing property, we partnered up on deals like that. And I have two cousins my age that... You know, they're like my brothers, and mm-hmm. so, you know, Chuck was a, a big part of, you know, um, of, of my childhood and teens and early 20s. Sure, and obviously he lived in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so would he visit you guys up here in Oregon? Yeah, he'd come up to Oregon occasionally, and my cousins would come up, you know, they'd spend the summers up with us up in Oregon, and and Carlos, Uncle Carlos and my Aunt Di would, would you know, come up and spend time, and they loved it up here. Was that... I mean, because he, obviously, a celebrity, mm-hmm. movie star. Was that weird at all for you, or does it, was it normal? It was normal, and at that age, you don't, you know, you don't comprehend it all. For but, sure. Um, um, it was kind of fun, because he'd bring me onto sets and give me little parts in movies and TV series and things like that, and I had no clue what I was doing, <laughs> you know, but we, we'd have fun with it. What movies were you in? Oh, let's see. Um... Breaker, breaker. <laughs> Good guys wear black. And then then I, I did a lot of work on uh, Walker, Texas Rangers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that TV show. Yeah. It's a, it's a big... So did I. I forgot about it, too. <laughs> it was a good TV show. I was the worst ever. Really? I'm horrible. I'm horrible. 
Um, how is how how was he as an uncle? I mean, I'm assuming obviously you're a a great guy, so he's probably a great guy. He's too. an amazing man. You know, he's just an amazing man. He's really to this day one of the toughest guys there is out there. He's he's he has this crazy weird pain tolerance, and and this amazing mental. Uh, toughness that you've never seen in, in anybody. And, um, you know, some of the things I learned from him actually is, is giving time to people. And, and the older I got, the more I'd watch him in crowds. And, and he was always willing to give his time to people. People mm -hmm. would come up to him and just want to talk to him in restaurants or wherever it was. And he would give that one person 100% of his attention while there's 100 other people trying to get his attention. Mm -hmm. But when he spoke to you and talked to you, he would engage with you and give you the time. And I never saw him ever turn anybody down for an autograph or a quick conversation. He's, he's just an amazing guy. I love that. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about his character. Oh, it, yeah, he's a handshake guy. Awesome. That's really cool. So, uh, Uncle Chuck Norris, did people believe you when you said, yeah, my, my uncle is Chuck Norris? I mean, I'm sure you probably didn't go around saying that all the time, but when it came up in conversation. Yeah, you know, growing up earlier, you know, when we were in high school and college mm -hmm. and my cousins were around and everybody knew who they were. Okay. So, you know, through association, Got everybody kind of knew. Okay. You know, so it's nothing I really spoke about. So, you moved back to Huntington Beach. Yep. When? Uh, starting high school, okay. went back to Huntington. And your dad was, you said, like a land developer. He was a developer builder. Okay. And um, you know, he did a little bit up here and and um, uh, uh, quite a bit down in Southern California. Where in Southern California? In Orange County. Okay. And the Inland Empire, Riverside County. Okay. You know, Huntington Beach and Irvine. You know. uh, no, no, not Irvine. <laughs> okay. And a lot of people think that we're part of the Irvine. I totally am thinking that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you cleared that up for me. Yeah. So you know, for me. Um, you know, I got into land developing and building as well, um, and and did a lot of master plan communities mm -hmm. um, and subdivisions in in uh, Southern California, mainly the Inland Empire. And people would assume that I was part of the Irvine Company, or I was the Irvine Company. We were doing some pretty big deals, but it was a different a different uh, right. company altogether. Well, I mean, your last name is Irvine, yeah, so. it helped out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, go to high school in Huntington Beach. Yes. You go to high school where? At Ocean View High School, mm -hmm. the home of the Seahawks. <laughs> so really funny. We're at we're at the winery a few, I don't even know, it was a few months ago. And I think your wife, Dion, said something about you going to, you growing up in Huntington Beach. Yep. My husband grew up in Huntington Beach. And he's like, no way, that's so bizarre. What high school did he go to? Ocean View High School. No way. I mean, you guys, you can do some of the same teachers. Absolutely. Yeah. And those were some pretty wild days for me, too. So I'm sure that uh, the teachers remember me yeah. and your husband. Yeah. Well, you guys, strangely, have very parallel high school careers because you both were pretty bad students. <sighs> it's horrible. I was horrible. And you got into some trouble. I Yes. <laughs> okay. Tell me about tell me about the teacher who was there. A teacher that locked you in the closet. I locked him in the closet. Oh, you locked him. <laughs> locked him. Oh no. Oh no. And a teacher did lock me in a closet. Okay, but, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, Mr. Frim, who is no longer with us, he's okay. he passed a while ago. Um, my friend Rick Mosier and I 
<laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> we <laughs> locked him in the closet. And uh, it was like a portable closet, and he tried kicking it open, and he broke his toe, and we got in trouble for that, and that was kind of a, a nightmare and a mess. Well, well, yeah. Months later, we had these glass classrooms that are like bubbles. I'm not sure what they were. And this very important speaker author was coming to the school, and there's going to be a couple hundred students, um, you know, listening to this speech. And so, <laughs> so they put me in this glass cubicle <laughs> and told me I'm not to disrupt anybody or screw around. This is important. I said, okay. So I sit in there. Well, they put the, they put the, um, they put newspapers on the windows so I couldn't see in or out. Right. People couldn't see me. Well, the, the mistake they made is they put the newspaper on the inside of the windows. That's, that's kind of dumb. And I just kind of cut out a little hole and was like <laughs> winking at my teacher and he lost it. Same guy that I broke his toe. Uh, he, I haunted that poor guy. Um, yeah, Chuck's just had his high school. Well, he didn't go, but high school reunion. Mm -hmm. I don't even know the number. I'm not going to say. He'll kill me if, if I said it even accurately. But uh, one of the teachers that you guys had, to, I mean, not together, but you, a similar teacher was there. Mr. Frim. Oh, no, that was, um, um, darn it. Yeah, I don't know. So I can't help you. Nimi. We called him Nimmy. <laughs> Jim Birch. That's what who it was. Poor, yeah. These poor teachers. Yeah, he was a science teacher, and and um, I wasn't a very good science student either. <laughs> um, and then there was, I know, uh, another, I think it was a prank that you pulled on one of your friends, and it had to do with the track, on the track. And the, oh, that yeah. was Rick Mosier again, the one that we oh, okay. broke the teacher's toe. So oh, what God. we used to do, Rick was just a jokester and we tried to top each other. And um, I can't believe you remember these stories. Mm. Better... So mm -hmm. so what we used to <laughs> what we used to do is challenge each other to see who could drive our car around the uh, track, the running track, um, the fastest and, <laughs> and we'd have these competitions. And and so one day um, and his dad was a, a policeman for LAPD. Okay. And, Poetic. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> and so, so, um, this one day Rick says, okay, I can, I can top that time. I said, all right, great. And he goes through the gate, starts driving around the track and I locked the gate behind him. So he was stuck in his dad's van oh, no. <laughs> in the track and oh. he got little trouble for that. You know it's a good story when you're cracking yourself up. <laughs> it was, it's yeah. it's going to be a good story. Do you look back at high school and go, how did I make it out alive? Yeah, I really do. I can't believe, um, and I'm sure a lot of people that knew me back then would, <laughs> you know, be surprised that I am alive mm -hmm. and, that, um, and that I'm married and have <laughs> three daughters. Right. They wouldn't, they'd go, what? So speaking of being married, you when did you meet Dion? I met her. Um, I, I can't remember what year it was, but um, she was nineteen and I was twenty six. Okay, so you're you're into land development at this point, mm -hmm. right? Okay, yep. she was in real estate. She was in real estate. She the day after she graduated from high school in Brookings, she um, during her senior year she she studied for a real estate exam and passed her exam went down to Riverside, California, and started selling new homes. And hmm. and that's how I met her. Brookings? Oregon. 
Oh, I didn't realize she was from Oregon. Yeah, so she spent a little bit of her high school years wow. in Oregon. Then we just so happened to meet back down in Southern California. Okay, that's just bizarre. So she's selling real estate in Southern California. Correct. What a hot real estate agent. Ooh. Right? Yeah. You bought a house from her, or I, right? Yep, yep, and then she got stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> so you see her, and you're just like, wow. Okay, at that time in my life, I never wanted to be married. I was playing the field, having a good time. You're 26, right? 26, okay. living on the beach, mm. you know, having fun and playing the field. And um, I walked into her office mm -hmm. and I saw hearts and angels and fireworks. And I go, whoa, yeah, this is the girl I'm going to marry. She's quite the stunner. She's pretty. She's she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you see her. This is the girl I'm going to marry. Mm -hmm. And... She, well, what did she think about you? I'm not trying, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> she thought I was gay. <laughs> and, and the story behind that is, um, so you have to sign in. And and so I sign in and her coworker comes in on the following Monday and sees my name on the list. Well, a little backstory behind it is, um, is it was shortly before well, it was quite a bit of time before I, um, I I met Dion that I was asked out on a date for Halloween mm -hmm. by this really hot gal. And I said, heck, yeah, let's go. Let's right, do it. We'll right. have a good time. What, what do you want to do? She goes, well, my uncle owns a gay bar in Belmont Shores. Um, would you want to go do that? And I'm saying, yeah, let's go for it. Let's, let's go have let's fun. Let's do it. Okay. So we go to the, the bar that night. Uh, this is Ripples. Ripples. Ripples in Belmont Shores. It's well known. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I went there that night on Halloween, had the time of my life. Awesome. Having a great time drinking tequila shots, doing everything bad, you know, looking good. Well, I was like the, the hot thing in the club that night, I guess. Right? Well, I was the new guy. Okay. <laughs> I love it. And and so the night goes on, and I drop, you know, my date back off at home, and you know, call it a night, and move on with life. Well, from there, a rumor began. I don't care if you're gay or straight or what you are; it doesn't matter to me. I, you know, right. whatever makes you happy. Yep. And um, and and so went home. Well, a rumor uh -huh. started. You saw Doug Irvine at Ripples. Yeah, and and so everybody, unbeknownst to me. The word on the street was Doug's gay. <laughs> and I had no idea. Oh, that's and, even better. And so I meet Dion, sign in. Her coworker comes in and, and um, she goes, oh, did Doug Irvine come in here? And back then Orange County was, you know, somewhat small. And Dion said, oh, yeah, he did. And actually I find him kind of attractive and I actually date him even though he's older. You know, I'm 26. She's 19, right? right I'm right. like some old dude. <laughs> and so she goes, oh. Oh, well, you know, he's gay, right? And mm. Dion goes, oh, no, I didn't know that. Well, I had no clue. Okay. And I asked Dion out, and she goes, well, okay. And I was on my best behavior for a couple months. I mean, I didn't try any monkey business or, you know, I was just, I was courting her because of, I was in love. Uh -huh. right? I was smitten. And so finally one night, she said, she asked me, she goes, are you gay? <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? And she explained to me the story, and I go, oh, my God, for a couple of years, everybody's been thinking I'm, I'm gay, and oh, well. Oh, well. You're not gay. I'm not gay. You guys got married. Yes. When did you get married? Um, 20, 
28 years ago, 28 years ago. So, awesome. Yeah, she was 21 or 22, I was 28. I love that. So you guys live in Southern California for a while? Yes, we did. Because you, you have three girls and they lived down there for a long time, right? Yeah, so they lived down there. And then when our oldest daughter, Alex, um, started school, we said, it's, let's get out of here. Okay. And, and we'd start traveling up and down the Northwest looking for places and we kept on coming back into Ashland, just falling up, mm -hmm. uh, falling in love with Ashland. Mm -hmm. So one day we just said, let's do it, let's go. Packed up and left and everybody thought we were nuts. Okay, so back to Oregon you go. Back to Oregon. All right, um, was it a little, I mean, cause you didn't obviously grow up in Ashland when you were here as a young kid, but was it a little nostalgic for you to yeah, be back in the state? Definitely. Um, you know, just had such great memories as, as a kid and, and you know, um, being raised the way we were raised and, and, and having that lifestyle. I just thought it was so cool mm -hmm. and to be able to give back to my daughters and and let them experience some of that was kind of important. Okay. So when you guys moved to Ashland, was it where you're living right now? No. So we bought some property from Doug from Doug Newman, Doug and Becky Newman. Okay. Built some houses and um you know, we're living in the house up on Granite Street and and um we said, you know what? what are we doing here in the neighborhood? Let's get out in the country. And, and so, and, and raise the girls on a ranch. And I like so it. that's kind of what we did. We went and bought some property on Immigrant Creek Road and um, ended up, you know, building a couple houses there and, and, um, and raising the daughters. Okay. There. And then you guys take a trip to, I think this is right. You take a trip to Europe, right? I yep. think. Yep. And then you come back. Are you looking on the map? Yep, looking on the map. <laughs> Not the first to do that. There's a, for those who don't know, there's a ginormous map of the world behind the camera, and it's quite large. The whole wall. The whole wall, in fact, yes. Maybe I'll show it one podcast. I'll you just should. flip the camera around and be like, this is what we're talking about. So you go to where in Europe? So we travel to. to. At you that got time, to point it out to me. Okay, so our daughter, um, Alex, our oldest daughter, um, studied at Oxford one summer. And during high school. And so we said, well, let's go over there and and make a trip out of it. And so as we dropped her off at Oxford, mm -hmm. um, the rest of us traveled around Paris and Italy and in nice. and, and those areas. And that's where we kind of discovered wine and, and, and um, got turned on to wine. In fact, you guys get so turned on by it, you come back and say, let's plant some vines. Yeah, and so this was kind of, you know, Southern Oregon has been happening in the wine in the wine business um, for a long time, mm -hmm. but it really seems to, you know, about 15 years ago it started getting some legs, and and in 2007, um, that's when we jumped on board and said let's plant this little. Oh, it was going to be a landscape project going down our driveway. We thought it looked pretty, then it got out of hand. Really? Yeah. It really did get out of hand. Yeah, it went guys, from four would... acres to 52 acres. 52 so, acres. Yeah. Okay. And so when did your sister get involved with this venture? So 2012 and Kelly and I, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and Dwayne and Dion. Okay. We've been uh, partners in land development deals for forever. Okay. And, and we have um, some investment properties together. And Dwayne, um, his, 
his background was in, in food and he was doing frozen burritos. He invented the frozen burrito. I love this guy. Oh, he's, yeah. So, so he um, had his frozen burrito company and sold it in the 70s. And at the time he sold it, they were producing a million burritos a day. So Dwayne thinks big like that. And still to this day, um, he has a big food factory, million square feet in the UK that they do ethnic foods and, okay. and spreads and hummuses and, and He invented like the frozen burrito? He invented the frozen burrito. And That's pretty, I mean, it's, it's pretty genius, but it's also like, you kind of go, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Well, that was when Mexican food started, you know, mm. cranking in, in America. And, um, and he's just, um, he's kind of an incredible guy. Well, I think anyone who invents the frozen burrito is a friend of mine. I I, I automatically like him. I've never met him. Yeah. So, so anyhow, anyways. So, so that was, you know, he they have that food background and um we were doing a, a number of um development deals together, real estate development deals, and Dion and I, you know, started this vineyard and this crazy wine idea and and um in 2012 my sister and brother-in-law mm-hmm. uh, wanted to, you know, hop on board and get involved in the wine business. So we said, come on, let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's Dwayne, Doug, Dion. And Kelly. Kelly. Yes. Kelly. Kelly Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys start this this wine adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, you're making, and people have heard about Irvine and Roberts, but there was no tasting room and you were just sort of, Correct me if I'm wrong. You were just kind of making wine for you guys, for for yourselves, just like for friends and family. No, you know, in the beginning, right. we just kind of made you know a couple hundred cases and okay. and um, did a little distribution locally in Ashland, and it was a hit. And and, and we grew a little bit and kind of um, hit the um, you know Southern Oregon a little bit more. Okay. And and as well, Kelly and Dwayne owned the Riverside Mission Inn. And we were selling a lot of wine out of the Mission Inn. And right off the bat, our wines were pretty good. And, mm-hmm. and we had a little following. And um, we, you know, it was, it was our desire to grow and get bigger. And so we, you know, expanded the, 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 uh, the vineyard from the four acres to the 26 acres and now 52 acres. But then it took us a couple years to get our approvals and build out the uh, facilities, the right. winery and the tasting room. Who was your winemaker at the time? So our, so our consulting winemaker was Robert Britton, and uh, who's out of the Willamette Valley, and mm-hmm. he helped us. He helped design our wines, and then uh, we were using uh, Quaddy North. Um, they were our our winemaker, our custom crush. Um, Those guys. They're amazing. Some serious talent amazing they are they are this valley is lucky to have them they're amazing i just had her here on the podcast we talked a lot he's known as the godfather of grapes did you know that herb yeah that's funny he knows a guy (laughs) he knows a guy that knows a guy he can get you grapes he's he's amazing and and he's such a character Mm -hmm. and 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 his team is amazing they're all they're just their whole I love them. Mm-hmm. I been, love them too. They've been so good, and they make amazing wines. They really do. So yeah. they were making they were making your wine for a while. Yep. Okay. And so uh, Robert Britton is actually how you guys were introduced to Vince, your current winemaker. Yes. Okay. So Vince worked for. Uh, isn't Vince amazing? I love Vince. I need to get Vince here. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, he's got a good, uh, cool story too. Yeah. So Vince is just this talented, you know, winemaker, and he's just smart. 
just has a science, mm-hmm. you know, scientist mind and, 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 you know, combined with, um, you know, his artistic ability and his, just his instincts are just incredible. So Vince worked for uh, Robert for four or five years under Robert's Chardonnay and Pinot programs that they were doing up there. And then um, um, went to Domain Serene. Yep. And we were able to coax him out of Domain Serene to come down here. And he came and checked out the, the area, Southern Oregon. And he's a real outdoorsman. He loves mm-hmm. the culture and, and um, hiking and rafting and fishing. And he loves everything here. And he believed in what we were doing. And he saw the wines that we were making and the, the way we were growing and the potential that the, the site has and the, the, the winery has. And we said, Vince, this is your deal. Mm-hmm. You know, this is your deal. You can make this thing happen and grow mm-hmm. with your name on it. So he he bit. Yeah. Yeah, he did. In fact, like two days later, he was looking for an apartment or uh-huh. a place to live. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. um, so you guys open up the tasting room. It's it's brand new. Pretty. I mean, it's like last year, right? Yep. Yeah. You're old now. Okay. Um, whenever I see you and Dion in the tasting room, and correct me if I'm wrong, you seem like the. <laughs> she has to rein you in a little bit. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're the guy that's like, like here, try some of this. Here, taste some of this. And Dion's like, Doug, stop it. Well, yes, I do that. And I tell inappropriate stories. and, and <laughs> In the middle of the tasting in room. In the middle of the tasting room. And, you know, people are looking at me like, who is this guy? And, <laughs> and Dion's my filter. So this is very dangerous what I'm doing right now without well, Dion here. I was going to ask, was she a little me... nervous? Oh, yeah, of course. Everybody is. Don't let me loose. <laughs> Everybody's nervous. Yeah. What's she Doug like, going to say now? Yeah. Doug, you can't tell this story. You can't tell this story. Oh, and I have the best jokes and they're all just nasty, dirty. I can't, you know. Perfect. Yeah. That's why I like you, Doug Irvine. Thank you. That's why I like you a lot. What's, what does the future hold for Irvine and Roberts? You know, we're just going to, um, it, it's kind of fun because every year we, we set a new mark for ourselves and our goal our goal is just to keep on improving on what we're doing and making better wines mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a better experience for our, for our guests. Um, and, and I'm not shy about saying this, and we have a long way to go, and I've, I've shared this in the past, but we want to be known as one of those top wineries in Oregon. You know, and our goal is to shoot for the top, and, and we're not going to stop until, we, until we're on the lips of those people talking about Oregon wines. And, um, and we know we have our work uh, ahead of us, but... Mm-hmm. We're passionate, man. We're driven to, to make this happen and, and be one of those top-notch, top-tier wineries. Okay. And I one of the things, um, and I think you guys are definitely on your way, one of the things I like about Irvine and Roberts, too, is that there's just a handful of wines that you make. Yep. It's, yep. you know, um, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of wineries around here that make a ton of different wines, and their wines are incredible. But I, I kind of like that it's limited. Yeah, we're a Burgundy house, basically, and... And um, we, when we first planted the original vineyard, we experimented with the Tempranillo and Nebbiolo and Chardonnay and Vignet and the Pinots. And so we experimented with a few different uh, varietals. And what we discovered is we had a little, you know, a little problem. If you ever get a chance to, to drink some of our Nebbiolo, the very, um, the only uh, vintage that we were able to put in bottle, don't. Don't try it. Don't try it? No. I have it hidden in the corner, and it's just horrible. It's not good. No, not good. Um, But what we discovered is our Chardonnays and Rosés 
were pretty special. Mm -hmm. And it's just because of the site where we're at. And and the tempranillos, a couple of the vintages that did mature and 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 we were able to harvest, they were pretty good. But you know, only having a crop once every three or four years of tempranillo mm -hmm. that ripened properly, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And so we just went back to saying Pinot and Chardonnay you're thrives doing, here. Yeah, you're just doing what the land is telling you to do. That's exactly it. So that's, you know, we're not going to get too far, you know, mm -hmm. um, a, a, away from what we do best. And and uh, we're not going to source grapes from other people. It's all the state grape. So um, it's kind of fun. Okay. I like it. Uh, we're going to wrap up, but I definitely want to suggest out there that people go visit Irvine and Roberts and go see you and be inappropriate with you in the tasting room. Please do. <laughs> Bring all of your inappropriate jokes to yes. Doug Irvine. Um, just make sure Dion's maybe not around at that time. Yes. Okay. Don't let that happen. <laughs> I'll get the evil eye. The evil eye. No, she's awesome. All right. Final three. <clears throat> best advice you've ever been given. Okay. Oh, boy. There's a couple pieces. Okay. I like it. First one is... Hold on, son. Okay, now the story behind that, the backstory. Please. Love my dad. He was my hero. And and when I was younger, and this is in Huntington Beach. Um, um, my dad, uh, <laughs> he had a little bit of a wild spirit too back in the day before he. My dad's gone now, but. So you get it honest. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he he is. Uh, he was remarried to just a beautiful woman the last 30 years of his life that just changed his life for the good. But early, you know, early on, um, uh, when I was a younger kid, he was, you know, he had a wild streak in him. So there's this one gal who I won't mention that he was dating. And, and back then, um, my dad would always, he always had an Eldo Cadillac. And, and we'd put a mini bike in the back of the trunk and we'd go find a field to go ride the mini bike in. This is in Huntington Beach when it was all cabbage fields. Okay. And so we'd go to this one place to ride my mini bike and, and he'd put me in the trunk of the El Dorado and I'd hold on to the mini bike as we're driving down the street, right? You, you're in the trunk? Yeah, that's, that's how we rolled. With the trunk closed? No, the trunk would be open. Oh, but, okay. So I'd be like, one arm would be holding up the trunk, <laughs> and the other would be holding onto the mini bike. And like Can't seven, be legal or seven, safe. No, seven, eight years old. So, oh my gosh. So this one time, this wild woman that he was dating pulls up. We're on Beach Boulevard, would be like Crater Lake, Crater Lake Highway, right? Okay. And all of a sudden, she pulls up, and and I'm in the trunk holding onto the mini bike. We're coming home, <laughs> and she pulls up next to my dad. And starts screaming and yelling at him about some jealous rage she was under. And my dad yelled out the window, hold on, son. Oh, no. And he guns it? Guns it. And we're racing down down Beach Boulevard, and she's hitting the car, right? <gasps> and and this is the crazy, it's like Starsky and Hutch. And so, and so this is only going on for a couple of minutes. And he pulls into our neighborhood and screeches into our driveway, pops out of the, pops out of the, um, the car and runs out in the back to make sure I'm still in the trunk. Oh my god! And he looks at me and he goes, "You okay, son?" I said, yeah, "I'm fine." You know, I'm thinking all this is just normal, right? And he, goes, <laughs> it's and he just and he just said, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to see that." You know, so hold on, son. Okay, was one of them. But my dad, um, he gave me some just great advice, and 
he, you couldn't, you couldn't stop that guy. And so probably the best advice he ever gave me is never quit. Hmm. Never, ever, ever quit. Always give it your best and go for it and never back down to anybody. Be ready to scrap, never quit. And you know, his, his thoughts were when, um, when you quit once, it's easy to quit everything thereafter. And mm. it's so true. And, and I remember when I moved back down to California, there was a Pop Warner football team, you know, where it was kind of Palos Verdes, which is a high rent district. And most of the kids went to science school or something like that. Well, right. um, you know, my dad wanted me to play, you know, football on the, the local Pop Warner team. And, and the only one available was down in Compton. And I was like the only white kid on the team. And these guys, you know, I'm what, 13, 14 years old. And right. these, these guys were pulling up in cars, <laughs> coming come out of their cars, smoking cigarettes and <laughs> big old Samoans and just is crazy. And, and I'd cry every day oh. and I'd say, I'm quitting. He goes, no, you're not quitting. Wow. You got, you got 30 more days or whatever it was. And, um, I, I really appreciate to this day that he mm. didn't allow me to quit, um, uh, because it, it, did make me um, a stronger person and, and taught me a lot of lessons. And then along the way, I just had some amazing college coaches that just were so inspiring and just, you know, helped me become a better man. Mm-hmm. You know, I went in as a, as a young wild kid and came out with a few, you know, good life lessons. So awesome. Those are, you know, I love that story. Yeah. That's great. And the hold on the advice, the hold on son, is that, I mean, have you ever used that like mentally or is that just a really good story that just reminds you of your dad? That was some great advice back then. Well, it was Hold some, on. That was some really good advice. <laughs> yeah. But I also think too, I mean, not to get all deep, but life is an adventure and yeah. there are times where you, you got to hold on, son. You know, yeah. And not quit. And not quit. And, and this crazy, you know, real estate development world that we've been in and, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a scary business mm-hmm. sometimes and mm-hmm. you just, you got to hold on. You can't quit. You got to be, just got to keep on digging. I like it. You know. All right. And what was your dad's name? Doug. Doug. Yep. Okay. So are you Doug Jr.? Yep. Okay. Well, to Doug. I like that. Uh, he was a great man. He sounds Miss like him. it. He sounds like it. Um, if you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, uh, what would bring you back here? What would you miss the most? <sighs> you know, what I would miss the most I just love I just love what Oregon's about the the, the organicness of it, if mm-hmm. you will, and the people and the beauty and the nature and when it's not smoky, mm-hmm. the air. It's so nice to come back here mm. and and you pop off on the plane or drive back and it just smells so good. So true. So just just the beauty of Oregon and and when my daughters were growing up and we were driving through Oregon to go to soccer games and going over the the Cascades to Bend or wherever it was, I just try to tell them, just soak this in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kids out of places that will never see anything like nope. this. Look how beautiful this is. So, you know, the, the nature and and just the, the wonderful people. I love Oregon. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I do love the state. I'll tell you what I'd bring back with me. Okay. This little brain drain that we get here. We have some amazing kids in this valley that go uh-huh. to school, then we lose them to the big cities they go to the you know the universities outside of Oregon they don't come back uh-huh. and so we you know um, we have this little brain drain but if we could get that youth back up here with you know good jobs and technology mm-hmm. um, that's what I'd bring back with me yeah no I like that um, talking about the air 
I visited my parents when they lived in Fort Worth, mm -hmm. Texas, and it was April and so 108 and humid, which was just unseasonable for that time of year. And it, we had a great visit, but it, the weather was awful. I mean, it was just, you couldn't be outside. Yeah. We get off the plane in Medford and we just, I think it was maybe 78 degrees oh, yeah. and it was, you know, the sun was going down and I'm just like, oh, yeah, you're home. You just breathe it in and you're just like, oh, this is what we've been missing. Um, the final of the final three, if you were ever given a final meal and a final drink, what would that look like? Okay. We're going to go around the world on this one. Okay? Oh, yes. So there's a few things. Okay. So, um, okay. We're looking at the map again. My aunts, my aunts, um, biscuits, biscuits and gravy. Mm with her eggs and bacon, mm. you know, that's just the best ever. And then uh, my sister Kelly's lasagna, we'd have to add that to it. Um, then we'd stop in Anguilla. Have you ever, ever heard of Anguilla or been to No. So Anguilla's down by St. Bart's. It's it's in um, um, in the Caribbean. Okay. Um, by St. Martin, St. Bart's. Anyhow, Anguilla is the place that we've gone. That's where we took our honeymoon. My aunt lived there for 30 years and a little island. Well, they have this little island the size of a basketball court right off the right off their island. It's called Silly Key. And they all they make is this. There's no electricity. Okay. It's all on wood-fired um like yeah, or or gas um on, on grills and they make lobster, rice. It's on wow. a sandy little beach, conch shells and rum punch. Oh. And it is the best lobster. Cur I don't know what they do, but it's the best lobster ever. And these rum punches, you drink one and you're gone. <laughs> you're gone. And and so we usually drink five or six of them. So we're, <laughs> we're really gone. So we'd have to stop by there. Okay. Then we go to uh, Portofino and go to mm. El Magazine and grab some pasta there. Mm. Best pasta ever. If you're ever in Portofino, go to O Magazine restaurant. Okay. And it's, it's fantastic. And um, and then you have a bottle of uh, Gaia Nebbiolo there mm. with your, your pasta in Italy. Come home, Dion's Tacos. Dion's Tacos. Oh, that would be the final meal before I die. Okay. <laughs> so what does she put in her tacos? I don't know, but they're the best tacos ever. Is they, it like steak or chicken? She does or... steak and chicken and okay. just, I don't know how she does it, but they're... I, they're the best ever. Soft tortillas or crunchy? Crunchy. Mm, I love crunchy tacos. Yep, yep. And she just, and she makes this amazing guacamole and she's a really good cook. And so um, that would be it. And then I'd end the night with a, um, uh, a white Russian. <laughs> that, okay, Big Lebowski. A, yeah, Big Lebowski, all the way, all the, the way. The dude, yep. oh, that's awesome, a little white Russian. What kind of, um, and it's, you do traditional white Russian? Yep. Okay. Yep. Good vodka. Good vodka. Kahlua, Kahlua. cream, some ice, mm. kick your feet up. A white Russian. Get a little hammered. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, you just, you just crack me up and you make me smile. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Google Play. You can check out the video portion of this podcast at ktbl.com. Just click on features, then off script. Go visit Doug Irvine at Irvine and Roberts. Come on. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. Thank you.